Our colleague Juliet Chung covers hedge funds. And late last week, she heard about a mystery that was unfolding on Wall Street. I have to admit that I wasn't closely following markets Friday morning because I was on some back-to-back calls. But some smart traders I know sort of pinged me and said, hey, you should be paying attention to this, that there was this almost continuous wave of big blocks of stock being sold. Huge blocks of stock worth billions of dollars were being sold in major companies, like Discovery. That stock just handed in its worst week ever, falling 46% since Monday. And Viacom CBS. Now, let me see Viacom, please. Ouch. What is going on? What a wild ride. I mean, it went from being the top of the S&P 500 to the bottom. We saw the shares dropping 55% in just five days. And And several others, like Chinese search engine Baidu. Lots of questions about where exactly this intense selling is. And people all over Wall Street were wondering, who is selling this stock? Traders were saying this was unprecedented. It was the magnitude and the nature of these sales that were really unusual. You've got huge blocks of stock being sold, just, you know, wave after wave of these blocks hitting. You saw billions of dollars worth of market value being wiped out from real companies like Viacom. This had sort of an immediate impact on markets. As it was happening, did you know why it was happening? There were rumors. At first, the word was that it was an Asia hedge fund that was being unwound. And then very quickly, the name Archegos popped up. And was that a name that you were familiar with? I had to Google it, and I very quickly realized it was linked to Bill Huang. Bill Huang, a Wall Street veteran. About a decade ago, Huang was implicated in an insider trading scheme, and his hedge fund had to close down. Now he's back at the center of the action in a more than $30 billion market sell-off. The idea that one under-the-radar investor could have this sort of impact that we're seeing on markets is pretty remarkable. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, March 31st. Coming up on the show, how a disgraced Wall Street investor fueled a massive sell-off in the stock market. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Well, you are in for a special treat today. So can we please welcome Bill Huang up here? At an event a few years ago, Bill Huang took the stage and told the audience about his path to Wall Street. It started in South Korea. I grew up in Seoul, a wonderful family. My father was church pastor, wonderful guy. 
And when Huang was 18, his family immigrated to the U.S. And unfortunately, my father passed away uh, a few months later. So after he passed away, you know, my first job, I, I interviewed at Tropicana Hotel, laundromat. So I, 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 I got the job. Mm-hmm. But my mother said, you, you need to finish uh, college. And so I went to Bill Wong went to UCLA in the 80s. Then he went to Carnegie Mellon for business school and then joined Wall Street after that. Huang started out working as a stock salesman in the 90s. He was good at it, and that caught the eye of a big investor who eventually hired him. Julian Robertson, this legendary industry pioneer, he ran this really famous hedge fund from the 80s to 2000 or so called Tiger Management. Julian trained a small group of men. These guys are called Tiger Cubs. And Bill was one of those Tiger Cubs. He covered East Asia for Tiger. And he's one of the earliest investors based in the U.S. to really look at Asia and see a promising investment area. But things took a turn for the worse during the dot-com boom. Tiger management missed the rise in Internet companies. And by 2000, Tiger had to shut down. Then, with some help from Robertson, Huang created his own hedge fund called Tiger Asia. Tiger Asia grows to manage more than $5 billion at its peak. It's pretty sizable. Also, at that point in time, uh, Huang becomes one of the rare Asian-American investors to manage that much money. You know, Tiger Asia made a lot of money for investors. But then Tiger Asia ran into trouble with regulators. The Securities and Exchange Commission charged Tiger Asia with using insider information and for illegally manipulating the share prices of three Chinese banks. Federal prosecutors also charged Tiger Asia with criminal fraud. In uh, 2012, Tiger Asia pleads guilty to criminal fraud charge. They also agree to settle civil allegations by the SEC. And then later on, Tiger Asia gets banned from trading in Hong Kong. Huang was also banned from working at securities firms. What did this mean for Tiger Asia? Well, when a fund experiences regulatory issues, oftentimes investors will start leaving. A few months before Tiger Asia pleaded guilty to that criminal fraud charge and settled with the SEC, it told investors that it would be returning their money. What does returning money to clients mean? Is it the same as, like, closing down? Well, effectively, Tiger Asia shuts down. But Bill makes the decision to turn it into his family office, Archegos. By turning Tiger Asia into a family office, Huang was able to keep investing as long as it was his own family's money. But the regulatory scandal had an effect on Huang personally. He spoke about that time in some recent interviews. This was a situation that, you know, money connection couldn't really help. But somehow I was reminded, I have to go to the words of God. He said that his business calamities revived his Christianity, revived his faith. Did that influence his investment strategy? He gave this interview once a few years ago where he spoke about how he wanted to invest in companies that were benefiting humanity. He didn't care if the management teams were Christian or not because, you know, he said, look at scripture, God can use anybody. 
we we love seeing in in our little eyes what God is doing through uh, investing in capitalism and how you know how it can be done better. Huang had a new approach to life and investing, and he had billions of dollars to put in the stock market. How that went after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients, working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. After Tiger Asia, Bill Huang set up Archegos to invest his family's fortune. And to do that, he needed major banks to look beyond his past regulatory problems. We see that major banks on Wall Street definitely were willing to take on Archegos as a client after that. I will say that's not unusual. I think banks are profit-oriented. And when you look at the list of banks that had exposure to Archegos, you know, it's a who's who list of Wall Street. Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, UBS, Credit Suisse, Wells, the list goes on. Huang started working with these banks to invest in companies around the world. His approach to investing was to take big positions in companies and borrow money from his bankers to make these investments even bigger. One of the ways he did it was through something called a swap. So swaps are contracts that Wall Street banks write that let an investor take on the profits and losses of stocks or other assets without legally owning the asset. In swap contracts, banks own the actual stock, and investors pay banks a fee to take on the profit and losses of that stock. This arrangement can allow investors to make bigger bets. That's what Archegos did. Huang used his fund's estimated $10 billion to make investments worth multiples of that. And while that opened Archegos up to huge potential profits, the losses could also be big. Which brings us to that mystery sell-off on Wall Street. In recent weeks, Archegos came under pressure. Several big positions of its, including in Baidu and in Farfetch, were falling. Archegos was losing money. And that's when the whole thing began to unwind. Shares in other companies, like Viacom and Discovery, also started falling. And the problem is once a fund's positions start to lose money, a fund needs to post more collateral to its banks. They would say to a fund, post more cash because you're losing money. If a fund is unable to do that, then banks will seize the assets. And that's what we saw happen. Basically, 
The banks seized and then sold the stocks they were holding for Archegos to cover the money Archegos owed the banks. And it turned out the banks sold a lot of stock. Archegos's investments were behind more than 10% of the shares in some of these companies. And that 10% threshold matters. Because if Archegos had owned the stock outright, not through these swap arrangements, it would have had to disclose those holdings to regulators. Instead, those holdings remained mostly unknown until last week. Was Wang trying to hide his identity? I can't speak to motive, but I will say that the point that various market participants, traders, and bankers have made is, does this constitute a market vulnerability? Yes, technically, someone who holds really big chunks of these companies via swaps might not be required to disclose, but if it constitutes such a major percentage of exposure to a company, should they be required to disclose? Where does this sell-off leave Bill Huang? Look, I don't know what's in his bank account. I don't know what his holdings are, what sort of real estate assets he holds here or internationally. It's unclear. In a statement, Archegos described this as a challenging time and said that, quote, all plans are being discussed as Mr. Huang and the team determine the best path forward. Why was Bill Huang allowed to amass such huge positions in these companies? That is a great question. This guy had big positions. Much of it appeared to be on swaps. He didn't have to disclose, but he was still able to have such an outsized impact on these stocks and their prices. I feel like it would be a very natural thing for regulators to look at. It feels like in 2021, a lot of these investment vehicles have surfaced. In the Wall Street Bets GameStop moment, there was options. Now we're looking at swaps for Archegos. Right. And it seems like these instruments do create a market vulnerability or unpredictability. Both GameStop and Archegos have been really dramatic. It's been captivating to see sort of the individual characters in these episodes, as well as the wild price movements. But I will say, just to put things in perspective a little bit, neither episode posed systemic risk, as far as we're aware. What they did show, though, and Archegos especially, was that the use of options, the use of swaps, And just the dynamics of the ownership in individual stocks can be exploited in very surprising ways. That's all for today, Wednesday, March 31st. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.